Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and to the left of me is my man, Chino, Cappuccino Meeks, reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> that uh, that National Air Force Museum uh, story got I you amped up, didn't it? Up on me real <laughs> quick, yeah. What's good, homie? What's good, man? How are you? Man, I'm glad to be back in the saddle, man. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, it's been- Woo! It's been a, a, a low-key week for the kid, but, you know, much-needed rest and yeah, relaxation. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, sometimes the kids being off for a week is a good thing and a uh, absolutely a, 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 a tough thing to uh, manage and coordinate at times. But, hey, yeah, it, it worked be. out. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> can be, for sure. I was in a, uh, I was in a, a, a minivan uh, for Which almost 10 like days. Forever. With uh, my 10-year-old, my 8-year-old, my 5-year-old, and yep. oh, by the way, my 3-month-old. How about that? Yeah, man, fun times. Atlanta to Nashville to Dayton to Flint, Michigan to Lexington, Kentucky, back to Atlanta. How about that? Better you than me. <laughs> and it looks good on you. But you know what I did? <laughs> you know what I did, though? What's up? I brought back that heat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we got <laughs> bricks. Meeks is over the He's looking at it right now. We got as bricks I in the lab. <laughs> got bricks in the lab, son. Straight pumpkin bread for you suckers out there. Well, we got, we have to tell the listeners. We like, have to give them a little context here, man. Nah, because somebody might try to come get some of this, <laughs> man. Might. We ain't got nothing for you. Matter of fact, I'm not even taking that out the car tonight. That's going to You're work not- with me. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta hide that. in your desk. Yeah, hide in your desk so you could be the only person that gets to eat it. Yep, that's it. That's All the right, plan. Bro, we have to give some context. What's here. up? So real quick, uh, my mother makes the most incredible pumpkin bread you've ever had in your life, and the most incredible chocolate pie you've ever had in your life. I would put this pie and put that bread up against anybody's. We'll just leave it there. So every every, every year about this time, I got to make sure. Meeks, how did this tradition even start that, that, that you had know. to get was, a loaf? It was years ago. You, you for some <laughs> reason, shared a piece with me, and I've been hooked ever since. There's got to be some scissor or something in the, in the bread. It's some oxy or something in the pumpkin bread, man. I'm telling you, I'm I'm hooked, Is dog. that Kentucky good, good, man? I got a brick to myself, The dog. bluegrass state, Can't my man. Can't tell me nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right. So uh, before we get down to business, uh, if you didn't know already, this is a uh, Southern Vanguard Radio interview session. Uh, if this is the first time you're tuned in because you're a fan of the gentleman that we have on the phone with us tonight for this interview session, uh, then please go check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes podcast, Mixcloud, Stitcher Radio. You can follow, share, like, subscribe, all that good shit. We do a mix show every Tuesday, mm-hmm. 90 minutes of the finest, newest uh, joints that have come out in the past week or so. Yep. And on Thursdays, we have an interview session with an MC or a producer or a singer or an A&R or some, some behind the, a journalist. You, know, you never know who, you might, who we might yeah. have on the show. So, yeah. so uh, twice a week, uh, not many podcasts doing that. And we've been doing this for, we're knocking on episode 96 of the 96, mix show. Homie. And how many interviews to date? Around 80 or so? so 80 plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're, we're coming around on our on episode 100 and our yeah. two-year anniversary yeah. uh, in, in January 2017. Holy yeah. shit, I can't believe it. I think that's the first time I've said 2017 kind of in that context. But, right, uh, right. But, uh, yeah, go check it out. Tons of content. 
and uh, you know, please tell your friends. Yes, sir. Now, Meeks, I'm going to let you introduce this one. You you kind of hooked this up. We've been longtime fans. Oh man, we've even rocked the same stage with this brother before. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to let you do the introduction on this one because you kind of hooked this up. I didn't even think we were going to have an interview session. Nah, it's all so. good, yo. It's, he, he's he's a stone that a builder refused. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we spoke yeah. to we spoke to one of our our Vermont brothers. Uh, earlier this year, the one, the one and only one below. That's right, we did. And so we got another one on tap tonight. Uh, none other, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people across the world, the one, the only, Asheru. Asher, you still there? What's up, man? Are, are you still there? Did you hang up after you got tired of listening <laughs> to our bullshit? Nah, nah, still here. What's going on? Chilling, man. How you? Hey, man, I'm doing great. All right. Yeah, the idea came for this interview, uh, I think on the last episode, we played some of the newest, the newest latest that uh, that you guys have offered. Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Ash, I, I, I got to be honest, man, that kind of surprised me. Uh, you know, out of nowhere, here's a joint with you produced by Roddy Rod. Featuring Wayne the Philosopher's Stone. Roddy flipped some crazy. I don't know whose idea that was to flip that Trump sample, but. <laughs> that was fucking crazy, man. Me- Meeks and I were fucking just wilding in here when, yeah. that, when we really got into the joint. I, th- I think that's what kind of prompted this. So let's. I yep. mean, we-, we we can talk history and all that good shit too. But I'll, I- we we want to make sure the the listeners know about the new stuff and you know w- what you got going on right now. So yeah, well you know man, we just uh, we I was doing uh, I guess maybe three four months ago I did a show with Two Tone. DJ Tone Jones, who does uh, an event called Shaolin Jazz. And um, it's, it's where he takes uh, hip-hop, he takes Wu-Tang records and he combines them with different jazz standards. And he does this whole theme party and we do live performances and all of that. So, I mean, we do like live versions of different songs and what have you. And so from doing that show, I was doing the show, Wayne was also on the bill. And we, you know, they had just come back from doing it in Ethiopia, like on a small tour out there. And so it was kind of like a coming home party. And we did the show. When we got off stage, Wayne and I looked at each other. We were like, you know what? We should start a group. We should just, we should just go in the studio and make something happen, you know? And uh, Wayne was like, yo, let's get Roddy on board. And then once she said that, it was just kind of like, I called Roddy. He's like, yo, I'd love to do it. And we just kind of come together, man. And we, uh, we had these sessions, man. We, we meet weekly, you know, we all got different busy lives and schedules going on, but we make a point to meet two, one or two times a week. And uh, we just we working on this project now, man. You know, the Philosopher's Stone is the name of the, of the group and the project and what we're doing, and uh, you're going to hear a lot more of it. But yeah, that first song was, that Trump song was kind of like our first kind of, let's just make something happen and see where it goes. And uh, Perfect yeah, timing on that joint, by the way. Again. I said perfect timing on that joint, by the way. Oh, yeah. We actually got approached by uh, Black Pack to uh, to do the song. They wanted to do like an anti-Trump kind of thing. And it's funny, we were already, this was like right before the first of the three uh, debates, presidential debates, the last three with Trump and Clinton. And uh, the first of the debates, I said, you know, I'm going to go to the Trump Hotel and just watch the debates and just sit up in there at the bar and just be big and black and, and just see what happens. You know what I'm saying? And, um, 
so that that the the debate was on Monday. We recorded the song on Sunday. I went in there Monday, not knowing what was gonna happen, and I ended up getting there and like twenty of my friends showed up. Mm. <laughs> wow! I posted it on Facebook as a joke. I said, you know, who's gonna come down there with me and let's go to the Trump Hotel? And they ended up being twenty or so people. We we're all just sitting in there. And it's just like, uh, just our presence alone, man, it kind of disturbed the room. You know, people were acting funny. People didn't know how to respond to it. You know, I ended up getting cussed out. One dude cussed me out so bad, man, he called me everything but a child of God. What was that about, ass? Man, he cussed me out over a, over a chair. It was, it was over a chair. He was trying to hold the chair for somebody. Uh-huh. And when the person came back out, the person came back out and I moved over to another chair and I, I just kind of joked to the guy I said, man, he really wanted you to have this chair. This dude was ready to fight me over this chair. And then he just, I don't know, I guess he was drunk and he, he didn't want me there anywhere in the first place. He just started calling me a thief and I was a lying motherfucker and all this stuff and he started going on. And he goes on for like 20 minutes. Dang. So I'm sitting there at the bar. I'm not raising my voice. I'm not being animated. I'm just kind of like looking at the bartender like, come on, wrap him up, man. Like, give him his tab so he can get the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> and um, then I saw the security guards come down, the guys in the suits and the, and the earpieces on, and they came over and they asked the guys their problem. And he was like, yeah, this guy's my fucking problem. He's like still yelling about me, right? And... um I looked at the security guard and said, look, man, if y'all got a problem, yeah, I said, I said, if y'all are coming to get the, like, get the story and find out what happened, I hope you're going to get both sides of it. And so they came and asked me what happened. I told them the whole thing. The guy still cursing and carrying on. They ended up turning around, grabbing the guy, walking out with him. They kicked him out. <laughs> and then I turned around. I turned around to my boy who was standing there behind me. And he had his camera on. He was filming the whole thing. He said, man, I got the whole thing on tape. So they ended up making a video. That's uh, how we ended up making a video for the song and all that stuff. Man. Uh, but I didn't put the city guy in the cut out yet. I'm going to do something different with that later. Okay. Right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. But we shot a whole video in there and everything. Like, from, from creating the song and shooting the video at the Trump Hotel, it was all in a matter of 24 hours from the idea to being to being done, you know. Now, that's so it was how you cool. Get... It was cool to be able to flex like that. Yeah. And we're in the, you know what I mean? So we're in the middle of all of this chaos anyway, so it was just yeah. a good shot for Now, that's how you get some inspiration right yeah, there. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> up close and personal. Yeah. That's a hell. Hell yeah. So, so Ash, yeah. I'm up in D.C. every once in a while, probably about every three or four weeks for work. I travel for work, and... Yeah. um. I uh, let's see. Have I been up there since the since we wrapped the election up? I don't. Yeah, I was. I was there right before Thanksgiving, actually. Now I don't oh, live okay. there. I, I don't live there, but I, so I couldn't really get a temperature or feel for kind of you know what was going on there, other than you know friends that I have up there that are obviously you know extremely upset about what went down. But I mean, what, yeah. what's what's going on there right now? Like, what's your what's your kind of gauge on things? Uh, people are. Just trying. To, I mean, it's funny that the next, the day after the election, I had a couple of meetings, couple of like conference calls over the next couple of days after the election. And people, everybody that I talked to, they just they started with, "You doing all right? Everything <laughs> okay?" You know, it's like a like a tragedy happened. You know what I mean? And everybody, so everybody just kind of just keeping their head up, and they don't really much 
really, really very much feeling, you know, uh, a lot of that defeat is in the air, you know what I mean? But, right. I mean, you know, on the other side of it, you know, people like me, people that, that I'm around, you know, we, we kind of have a more realistic viewpoint of this whole thing. I mean, whoever the president is going to be, you know, we still got to keep it pushing. We still got things right. to do. We still got work to get done. So, you know, we can't let it stop anything. I mean, we survive worse, you know what I mean? So Trump being the president is bad, but it's light work, you know what I mean? That's right, how absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had we had two Bushes, we had Reagan. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Trump is and a, and a <laughs> host of others before before them three or four cats yeah. right there. So exactly. exactly. So I mean, you know, we just you know a lot of people are feeling that way though, and I hear people saying they got to talk to their kids and they don't know how to explain it to their children. And, I mean, I feel for them, but I mean it's. It's just how politics works, man. Shit. I mean, you're not gonna like everybody that you vote for. You're not yeah. gonna like everybody who gets yeah. elected. I mean, it's just what it is. It's part of the game. Yeah. So, so Ash, what are you guys? Uh, what, 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 what's your goal, or what are you trying to accomplish with the Philosopher's Stone? Like, is this just like, you know, just want to get in the lab and just, you know, make some music, or do you guys kind of have a? I guess I don't want to say an agenda, but um. Like what? What do you? What? What? what are, what's your guys' kind of you know approach with you know with the group? Like, are we going to see a full LP? Is this just kind yeah. of like a, a few joints that are just going to kind of come out you know here and there? Like, you guys are going to come together every once in a while, make some shit, and put it out. No, no, no. We're doing. We're doing. Um, we're working on a full LP, but I mean, uh, leading up to that, though, we're going to drop a couple more stuff here and some visuals. We have some bigger uh, shows and, and uh, like we have some uh, festivals and stuff coming up. You know, everybody in the group has their own kind of career and what they've been doing anyway. So it's just a great way to, to, to flex and keep going. My last album, my last project, Sleepless in Soweto, I put that out in the end of like this time, 2013. So the end of 2013, early 2014. And, you know, um, just gone through some personal stuff, so I just took a little break from, you know, recording. I've still been gigging and doing stuff and traveling, but right. really kind of took a break from recording and doing doing it like in that full mode, like I've been doing it. And that was a that was a dope project, by the way, Ash. Huh? That was a dope project, by the way. Your last solo. Oh, effort. thank you. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. I was it, I was yeah. checking that whole yeah. movement out. You had a couple of videos for that joint. And, uh, and the, and the yeah, songs was, was banging. That was my first time really just having it, seeing the vision all the way through from the from the video to the songs to like all of the videos. I did like six videos for that album. I directed all the one. You know what I mean? I did them in different countries. I shot one in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I shot two in South Africa. Yep. I shot one thing with Dash. I shot, you know, I was just kind of floating around and just trying to see my vision through all the way, you know. And, and that album, I felt like people didn't really respond to it here the way I wanted them to in South Africa and different parts of the continent. They definitely did. got nominated for awards and all that great stuff, you know what I mean? But I felt like it was kind of lost with some folks here. So I took a chill for a minute and we grew And I just look at some of my favorite artists, you know, the guys that, like, got guys like MF Doom and guys like... Um, 
you know, like even 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 the more, you know, Asian guys that kinda reinvent themselves and say, you know, I'm gonna come and make another group. I'm gonna make I'm gonna come out of this now. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna make a new iteration of what I'm doing and come out this way, you know what I mean? I think that energy of having Wayne, who's you know, who's an incredible singer, you know, she Grammy nominated, she does her own thing. She travels with Stevie Wonder. She has a whole wealth of musical influence and knowledge in her own right. And then Roddy, who I've known since the, the beginning, basically, um, you know, so to put those elements together, it's just, you know, the music that we're making, man, it's just, it's just some different, it's, it's what I want to hear, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's one of the things where you, you know, people always complain about the game and, oh, you know, this music sucks now. And, you know, I always say, well, just make what you want to hear. You right. know what I mean? And so yeah, no doubt. This is our response. This is really our response to that, just making what we want to hear and making music that will will reach and touch uh, other people that are in our boat. You know, we're late 30s, early 40s now. We've grown up. We've grown up their vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what yep. I mean? We still blown up other things going on, and um, it's not. It's you know, it's just a vibe, man. I, I, I can't wait to hear it. Like when you hear some of the stuff, it's, it's some of it's political, but some of it is just real, like you know, regular black people song music. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like inspiration type stuff. You know, so um, and it's not typical format where it's like a hug, sixteen, and she changed the hug and sixteen. You know, it's. But the arrangements are different. Um, how we change the beat up, everything is, is different, you know. And that's why I'm loving it because we're able to just go in and create fresh, brand new, like like a like a brand new group. You know what I yeah. mean? We don't we don't have no limitations. We don't have no deadline. We got to get the album turned in by. We just making music, man, and, and loving it. You know, so it's a good space to be in. That's what's up. Yo, Ash, real quick, just going back to uh to what you were saying about um, you know, having to explain the the new president elect to to the youth and everything. With you being an educator and a youth activist, have you had to have those discussions already? Or um, okay, what what's been what's been the, the basis of your discussions? You know, like I said, I was just like, I, I told my own son, my son, because my son stayed up with me. We watched together. We, we were laughing at first. We were like, man, Hillary's about to blow, blow Trump out the water. You know what I mean? And then as the night went on, I was like, wait a minute. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like Trump is about to win it. And when it was all said and done, my son was like, I can't believe he won. And I was like, I can't. You know what I mean? And I explained to him, you know, this is, this is really just, um, pulling the, the veil off of what we've always suspected all this time anyway. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a demographic, there's a large demographic of people in this country that still, in 2016, still think that this is their country and that they do not want nobody else in. Right. You know what I mean? And that was a big part of his platform, is, you know, that whole building the wall and kicking out Muslims, kicking out immigrants and you know, I'm from immigrant family. My wife is immigrant family. So it's like, mm-hmm. when you talking about it, it ain't just Trump. It's all, all the other issues that come with that mentality. You know what I mean? And what you, what you had to, to listen. Hillary wasn't a perfect candidate either. So it's kind of like, on one level, it's like, you know, that's not who I voted for. But on the other level, it's like, well, you know, 
know, it, it really, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it doesn't really matter who we got. We got them now. Right. So now what you gonna, what you going to do now about it? You right. know what I mean? If, I, if my son's 14, so the next election, when the next election comes around, he'll be old enough to yeah. vote. Right. He'll be old enough to really look at what's going on and make that decision. And, and, and so, um, you know, it's important to let them know, you know, to let the children know to be civically engaged. You don't always mean voting. And it's not always voting national election. Like, vote locally. Know who your council members are. The judges and the people that are on this on the ballot, along with the presidential candidate, because that's the more direct change that's going to affect you directly. You know what I mean? And so we just talk about that kind of stuff, man. And, you know, it really hit me when we were talking. I was like, "Wow, you're 14. You're going to be 18 mm. in this next presidential election. Yeah. You're going to be old enough to literally go in there and make your own vote." Right. So now is the time to start getting them ready and let them know. Yeah. How, to, how to look at the news, how to look at media, how to know how the game is being played, and what's being said, what's not being said, all of that. You got to have that that critical analysis, man, and that's that's really what I've been doing. That's dope. Like not only with my kids, man, but with the kids, just in schools in general, like, you know, in my programming and all of that stuff. I don't do full-time teaching anymore, but I run after-school programs. I still like curriculum. I do workshops. Okay. And it's all of media literacy of knowing, knowing the context. After the election, he woke up. He came upstairs and started crying. He was so upset about it. Yeah. And um, uh, it, it's uh, it's really an opportunity, man. And it's really kind of hard. Yeah, I mean, you know, your 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 son. So your son's fourteen. I've got an eleven year old. And you know, Meeks. I don't know. Let's see. You're. I got you're, sixteen you're and sitting, soon to be fourteen. Yeah, you're yo. sitting at sixteen, fourteen. I yeah. mean, same deal with you, right? The next election. Yeah, next election, around. they in there. Your both, yeah, both, both of your girls are voting. Yeah, yeah. My, my son won't, but he's getting close. Um, and it, it's you know, I'll, it's kind of curious. Like when I always talk to him, because I'm waiting for the light, you know, the light bulb to come on. Like it's it's getting there, but it's you know, man, he, the guy's so you know he he's so you know just naive, and it's like <laughs> trying to trying to trying to explain things to him to break it down. You know, yeah. at a, at a, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's tough, tough, man. It's a, it's a hard thing. Yeah, it's tough, man. You know, that's why with my kids, I never, I never did the Easter Bunny, Christmas, Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, none of that shit. I never did any of that. My kids, I would do it at the club. Like, if Tooth Fairy might, I just go, here, here's a dollar. You know what I mean? But it wouldn't be like,
you know, might really rock with Christmas and Santa Claus and all of that. So my kids are like, Santa Claus ain't real, but she's saying it to like a five-year-old. It's right. like, man, get your kids out of the room, man. They're messing the vibe up for everybody. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I've, yeah. had, I've had teachers call me like, yo, please tell your children, like, if you keep that opinion to themselves in the classroom because they're destroying kids' day. They're just destroying their whole weekend. So when this whole thing with the less, you know, my kids kind of look, not conspiracy theory, but they kind of looking at it like, this is something shady. Well, yeah, yeah okie doke. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? So we see how it unfolds, man. That's what's up. That's crazy. That's ill. So, so when when can we expect uh, we can when can we expect some new joints, Ash? For uh, for the Philosopher's Stone, Are we gonna see something like another single before the end of the year, or is it an early twenty seventeen thing? Or no, I, w- I mean we got a single now called More. I wanna I would like to blast that off before the year is out. People, all, you know, I always get people always say you should just wait till the beginning of the year and all that, but. You know, again, just the, the beauty of being an independent artist, that type of shit don't really matter. Drop it whenever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if I can, then I'd like to, like, maybe for Christmas, we can just throw it out right before the end of the year, just throw a little joint out. We're going to be posting stuff on the SoundCloud, um, you know, periodically. But the next one is called, the next single is called More. And um, that's coming, that's coming, like, very soon. That was ready to go. Um, and then we're going to post some of the other stuff, like the older stuff. Wayne and I did a song on my album called No Matter Where You Go. That's the one I shot in Costa Rica. And, uh, so we'll put that on there because that was kind of our first precursor to even doing this Philosopher's Stone kind of concept. And then we'll just keep adding on from there. You know what I mean? But we got some songs, man, like in the chamber, man. And I, t- I keep telling her, I just want Stevie Wonder to hear them. Right, yeah, word. <laughs> You know what I mean? I know she's really close to him and she shares her music and they, 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 he gives her advice. He's like a mentor to her. You know what I mean? So I'm always just trying to make music that I'm hoping that when he hears it, he's like, damn, they killed that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to, Try to get that Stevie stamp of approval. Come play the harmonica or something on one of these. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. right. <laughs> you what? know what I mean? But, well, but, hey, he um, showed up, uh, the- he showed up at Spinner Show in DC there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stevie, you know, he lives locally. He's in this area, so. Oh, there you, know, you go. It's always fun to show with me. I'm always like, that. Stevie might show up. Yeah. I know we've been in a couple situations where he has popped up, and I've been there like, oh, snap, he wow. did come, you know. So you never know, man, what Stevie wanted, man. But he's one of my, lyrically, he's one of my idols, man. God, his, his words live forever, you know what I mean? And, um. You want to keep making music like that, man. People, people still email me and send me like I get old school letters in the mail still. You know what I mean? People email me and write me and just telling me how much they love you know certain lyrics or a song from my soon come or a song from a different album. You know that they yeah. like. Yeah, you know, I really related to that. You know what I mean? So I know that power and just imagine you know somebody like him where you got millions of people who all feel the same thing. You know what I mean? Right. That's, a, that's a special uh, power, man. I just hope we could tap into a piece of it, you know? He's one of the last few greats that are left, man. Oh, man. He yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, his lyrics, 
you can read that shit like poetry. You don't even gotta put music on it. You can read it and it would be a legitimate poem. You know what I mean? It's just how you flipping it with song is makes it even more impressive, you know. So yeah, he's definitely an inspiration, man. Uh slide we listen to like Sly Family Stone. We just we we we're digging into some of those vibes with the music, man. And, and then also um, just the stuff that inspires us now, like the artists that I have now, where we hear little pieces and bits that that, that are inspirational and, and cause that creative spark, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of good music out right now, so it's a good time for it. Tons of it. Keep adding, adding extra stuff to the, to the conversation. Okay. So, Ash, what... um. What surprises you about things, you know, the, I guess the most these days, putting out music? I mean, because you've been around for, you know, quite some time. I mean, I, yeah. uh, we're not, you know, 20, 20 plus years. I mean, you know, Meeks and I are, you know, we're, we're, we're in our uh, uh, early 40s, if you will, late 30s, early 40s, as you mentioned. You know, yeah. I mean, I still, I, I'm a, I'm a um, you know, I'm a tech guy and get into all the technology and shit. And I'm still like amazed that. I'm still impressed that we can make a song in one night and have it uploaded instantly, and the the world can Man, have access. Nothing like it. Even like the pod, yeah, even, even with the podcast and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it still like amazes me, even though like I understand all of it. But I mean, to go from you know putting out 12 inches in the mid to late 90s, you know, to now just forming a group and you know you just do whatever the hell you want. I mean, it's it's so different. Yeah, it's definitely different, and uh, you know, um, I just, I guess, I realized, you know, at a certain point in, the, in my career, man, you know, I'm just, I, I, I am needing my level of success that I always saw for myself. You know, what I mean, being able to still travel and do shows, and, and not only do shows, but to be a real ambassador for the culture. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and be an influence bring hip-hop in the arenas and the doors and the meetings and the conferences where this normally isn't. You know what I mean? And being able to do that is just um, some, it's part of the growth of it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I do all of the academic stuff and being these conferences and universities and talking all that academia talk, but at the same time, I can still go lay an album. I'll go make an album next week. You know what I mean? And there's a certain gift to that and something that separates me from a lot of these other cats that, that do is kind of like hip-hop and education work or hip-hop and policy or whatever it is that they're doing that I can talk it, but then I'm actually a practitioner. Mm, and so I never right. want to lose my sword. I want to always keep my sword sharp. You know what I mean? So going back in and doing music is just a, it's a labor of love. You know what I mean? I always look at it on bigger platforms. Like, the goal right now is to sell
me not making music, those opportunities aren't really available, but me making music and then having my other stuff goes with it. So some of those places I go do a show, I go for a week. I might have two shows, but for the other four days, you know, maybe two of those days, I'm speaking at the university. Okay. I'm going on a tour to Ireland. They're taking me around. This delegation wants me to meet so-and-so for lunch. Like, I'm doing that kind of stuff. And then I'm doing the shows at night. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a, it's a a beautiful thing, man, to be able to do that. And I was counting the other day, like, I think 25 countries doing, you know, doing this music and, and just being an ambassador for my culture. You know what I mean? So... Making an album, doing this Philosopher's Stone project, it's just, it's just cherry on top stuff for me. You know what I mean? And just keep doing it and keep making it. And, um, and, and then, and then to, to actually go back in and see the excitement around, you know, the crossroads of Ryan Devine and Betty West Felton, these two brothers uh, started a group called The Crossroads. It's been around for a minute, but they, they rekindled it and they, put a, they got a new album coming out. So I've been on a couple of their mixtapes. Who is this, Ash? I'm sorry, who'd you say again? Who is this? Ryan Devon and West Felton. Oh, right, okay, got you. One of the songs I sent you, uh, UT State of Mind, that just came out on that clip like two weeks ago, and then they said they just dropped. Oh, word, okay. He's doing very well. He did a mixtape called The Great Debate. So, except for that, when you get a chance, there's a track on there called UT State of Mind. And that's just from, you know, them calling me, like, yo, what you doing? I'm at the crib. Hey, come to the studio real quick. And just, uh, okay, cool. So, you know what I mean? And then two weeks later, the shit is on that tip. So it's like, it's not even like conversations. We're like, yo, I need you to be fine. Send me the contract. And then we go right. out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do the work. Get it out. It's, it's, it's like when we was 19, 20, like, on the way to pick my daughter up from school. I was like, yo, I got 45 minutes. Let's lay it. You know what I mean? That's dope. Go ahead, lay yeah. get back in the car, go pick my daughter up. That's like, dope. That kind of <laughs> movement. It's in my ball right now. So I'm just being creative, man. And I moved into some t- television stuff. I just did a pilot uh, for a cooking TV show that you're going to see soon called Fresh. Um, and, uh, you know, some other projects I'm doing. I did the high school 48-hour film challenge uh, here in D.C., we're going to be taking that around the different cities throughout the country. Hopefully, we can come to y'all's neck of the woods, man, and do it. But uh, it's, uh, it's it's based off of the 48-hour film challenge. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's this thing they do in like 150 cities around the world where they give people... Actually, they don't give you anything. You, you, you and a group of people, up to 12 of you, come together as a team, and you have 48 hours to write, shoot, edit and turn in a movie. A yeah, they do that in uh, they do that up in Nashville. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they do it everywhere. They every they do it yeah. everywhere. So we did the we did the first high school version of that. We, oh, okay. We had like different high schools in DC all took their teams and they all came together. We gave each team cameras like movie kits with camera, light, sound, everything in the kit. And we gave him 48 hours. We did a little quick training one weekend. Then the following weekend, we gave him the camera. So we got 48 hours. And we had 137 kids participate in this thing. And it just turned we had 13 movies turned You know what I mean? And um, it just turned into this really big event that none of us imagined. And now it's picking up legs and we're picking it to other. So I'm saying, you know, that's what I mean by 
me being a hip hop practitioner and, and really still being in it, but then doing stuff like this, uh, like this 48 hour film challenge, you know, it's unexpected, but it's all still building on what my overall goal was mm-hmm. in the beginning to still do my music, still be a practitioner, still perform and do this work, but still also work with you, still do my education work, and not have one sacrifice for the other. You know what I mean? Right, got you. Yo, Ash, as so far as... Uh, um... I'm sorry. Uh, as far as the, uh, the the music, you know, what, what you're still able to do and, and the things that you've accomplished here recently, are you are you are you able to make comparisons to your days with with Seven Heads or is it that is it just that much different now? Like, do you still see some of the same things? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that you do, but is it yeah. is it more is it more or less? Uh in terms of what? Terms just some, um, uh, I, I guess, just being able to make make the moves that you want to make when you want to make them. Just um, do you still? More. I feel like now, you know, back then I wasn't. You know, I was just young and just wanted to have my music out. I wanted my shit up at that beats and stretching my beat on the play, and I just wanted to just be on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I didn't care about the steps and playing chess with it necessarily. I just had an urgency, like, put it out. Put the record out, you know? And now it's just, it's more chess. It's more strategic. It's more, okay, I put this out. I line this up. I get with this licensing company. They may want to use it. You know, I got a couple of things played on video games over the years and different things like that. So just, more strategic and really me having more of an end in it also like right okay so when the boondock stuff came about you know I had already been I had already left seven heads by that time so Anna Magruder wanted to do the theme song and all that he would have to call my manager or call my label mm-hmm. he called me on the phone you know what I mean on my cell phone like hey where can I send the beat <laughs> you know what I right. mean how do you and, know and Aaron Ash Huh? How do you know Aaron? Um, well, you know, Aaron's from D.C. He grew up in uh, Columbia, Maryland, went to the University of Maryland. We were on tour and doing, like, radio promos and stuff, and we stopped at the University of Maryland radio show. He was on, he was one of the personalities on the show. And uh, back then, it was just a cartoon, it was a comic strip. It wasn't, right. you know, it was what and he was like, man, if I ever, he said, if I ever get a TV show, no, he said, when? He said, when I get a TV show, you're going to do my theme song. This is when Jamboree was out, like, I just, like, maybe 99. He's like, man, when I, when I, when I do my show, I'm, I'm calling you, you're going to do my theme song. I said, all right, cool. And uh, years <laughs> later, I saw him again in L.A. And he said, y'all, I'm talking to these Cumberland brothers and, trying to get this deal knocked out. I think I'm close to getting the TV deal. It's really about to happen. I'm serious. I still want you to do my theme song. (laughs) That's dope. And it was like five years later, I saw him again in LA at a most depth show. And I gave him an assignment on what I was working on and all that. And he called me back like, dude, this shit is ridiculous. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of all these 
ideas and writing all these concepts. So I'm going to call you back, man, because I want to send you the beat. Like, we ready to go. It's go time. And he sent me the beat, and he said, look, he called, he, he emailed it to me, and he called me. He said, all right, I just sent you the beat. I want you to do three things for me. He said, I just want you to make it 30 seconds long. Don't mention the word boondocks or any of the characters on the show. I want you to make it as black as you could possibly make it. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't. Just like I was falling off and shit, and then I and then I'm sitting there like, damn, okay, make it as black as I can make it. <laughs> so I wrote I put my first, and I sent it to him. I recorded it, sent it to him. He was like, ah, it's cool, but it's not. It ain't, it ain't got the pop that I need. It like, ain't black give enough. Me another one. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, exactly. He's like, just give me another one. So I gave him another one. He's like, man, it's black, but it ain't, it just ain't got the, the uh. like, I, like, I wish I could give you more direction, but I'll know it when I hear it. But this ain't it. And so I ended up doing a third one, fourth one, fifth one, sixth one. <laughs> the seventh one, the seventh one that I did, I just went in the studio, like, irritated at this point, like, fuck this nigga, man. He must not. <laughs> you know? And I and I, I went in, and I had my son with me at the time. He was, like, three. And I sat him on the couch, and I told the engineer, I said, yo, if he doesn't take this one, fuck it. It's not going to happen. Because I've already, this is my seventh one. And I went in, and I laid out the stone that the builder refused. I laid that one, and I sent it to him. And man, I just remember him calling me in the phone, screaming like, "Yo, <laughs> this is the one! He's a That's dope. And I was just happy that he finally was like taking that one. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, "I'm glad it's the one." Cause I was done. That's <laughs> funny, man. You hear stories about that with like you know these um kind of cu- culturally profound moments or profound moments in music. Like I read an interview, and I, I know this is. Good. Well, it's not really on the other end of the spectrum. It's kind of the same story. But uh, I remember reading this uh, this interview about Pharrell when he made Happy. Mm. And, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know, the, it was kind of this, basically it was the story you just, you just, um, you just told, Ash, is that, you know, the, you know, he kept out turning out all these ideas and the producers kept coming back to him saying like, nah, that's not it. Nah, that's not it. Nah, that's not it. And then, like, the last shit that he did, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go to church on him. And, you know, and Happy came out. And bam, like, that was it. Yeah. It's just so yeah. crazy. It's so crazy, man. And, you know, that that insomnia CD, again, like, kind of to answer your question earlier about making the music. When I made insomnia, I just wanted to kind of put a body of work out that would catch people up to all the like features and stuff that I had been doing. I had been recording with a lot of folks. And I just you did a ton of them. You did a ton of them. You were doing a lot of, a lot of features. Yeah, of feature I did a ton. I was doing stuff with Fonte and Quali and Odyssey and just doing a bunch of stuff. So I put them all on there. And when I um, when I gave it to Aaron, she, she, I mean, I ended up, re-releasing it because I wanted to include his voicemail, his voicemail that he left me when he, you know, like his, his impression of the album when he heard it. Mm. So I, I included that on the, on the, on the version that's out now, but there's a song in there called Niggas that, that I just wrote as kind of like a tribute to Niggas Are Scared of Revolution, the last poets, mm-hmm. um, song. And 
Aaron heard that, and he was like, man, I'm going to make Martin Luther King say these words. And that's what turned into that speech oh, on the okay. Martin Luther King episode. <laughs> gotcha. It's from the song. So he literally just took the lyrics, my lyrics, and had, had, it, had it recited in King's, like, in the way King spoke. <laughs> oh, my God. That is <laughs> crazy. And I was like, yo, I, I remember him calling me and telling me, and he's like, man, wait till you see the show tomorrow night. That's all he said. Because I hadn't seen any of them beforehand. I, I flew out for the opening. and got to meet all of the, you know, Regina King and all, and that was cool, but... I, um, I had never seen any of the episodes. He didn't show me any of them before. Like, I saw them on TV like everybody else. Right. So, yeah. he called me the night before the one, the King one was going to air, and it was Martin Luther King weekend, too. It was like his birthday weekend. And I was like, dude, I was like, he's like, man, you ain't ready for what's about to happen. And I was like, what? Man. He said, I'm Martin Luther King in your legs. And I said, nah, you lying. He said, nah, I'm serious. Wait till tomorrow. And then when I saw it, I called him like right when it went off. I called him. I said, "Boy, you gonna be in so much trouble. You <laughs> have no idea what people are gonna be coming down on you." Now. And then the next day, like Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, all these people were protesting, like 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 up in arms about that episode, like mad as shit that he that they said he like defamed Dr. King's legacy and. It was it was a lot, man, and that and ironically, we ended up winning a Peabody Award for that episode. Yeah, right. I was going to ask you about that. Like, I could you yeah. have ever? I mean, now really knowing the full story, I mean, yeah, can never, you never, never would have imagined ever? Because I mean, that that same year, like other projects that won the Peabody, like like Spike Lee with the Levy's book, like heavy, mm. heavy documentaries and projects at that time, you know. <laughs> And then it's like the Return of the King episode, Boondocks. You know what I mean? And it was because it, it was first time Aaron, you know, first time a a, a, a cartoonist ever won the award. Mm. First time an MC ever won the award. Wow! So we were both just kind of like, damn, man, like who? You don't know when you're making it that what's going to happen. You know what I mean? You're just making it out of the inspiration, but you don't know where that shit is going to go, man. And that's, that's really the lesson that I've learned more and more over time because when I first was doing it till now is that, you know, I used to always want to make music and, and, and want to put it out and have this idea in my mind, like, that I made the perfect product or whatever. I made the perfect thing that I wanted to make. This is exactly how I saw it. You know what I mean? But sometimes Mm -hmm. it don't work like that. You know, sometimes you just got to create. And it might not be your favorite song, but it had to to be put out. Mm -hmm. Just for somebody else, it's everything. You know what I mean? Right. And it'll be that one song, it'll be that one song that you like, but you didn't really, you you like all your shit, but you don't think that one's going to be like the one. And it turned out to be that, that be the one. You know what I mean? On On the Sleepers album, I did um I did a house record called So Amazing. It's the last record I recorded for the album. And I was just in South Africa and I was like, Man, I wanna do a house record like house is really big down in SA. Mm. And I was like, I just wanna do a, a joint for the people, man, like just a little house food just for you know, for for South Africa. And man, that record, that one record, like shot through the stratosphere. You know what I mean? And 
And it was, again, it was the last record that we were doing. It was one night drunk after the club. Mm. We were just in the studio like, all right, let's make something. <laughs> you know, and you, and you love it because it's like, damn, that joint, that joint is not there. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not knowing that that joint is going to be a dominator for best collaboration. That it's going to be, you know, number one on MTV Africa. It's going to be doing all these wow. different things. You, I had no idea when I made it. You know what I mean? So the goal now is to just create. And see where it goes. See where see where the seed end up landing. You know. Ash, I I want to thank you for for that backstory on the on the on the King episode of that because oh, yeah. because sitting there watching you know those episodes, <laughs> uh, just any of the Boondock episodes, and you just be like, man, that writer's table must be <laughs> crazy. <laughs> like right. like how do they come up with this shit? And it's like to hit to uh I remember when all that backlash came about. Yeah, I do too. But the realistic part of it was just think if King miraculously dodges that bullet or doesn't get popped at all and he lives right. to see the shit that's going oh, on God. with our youth and 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 at that time and everything like that, what the hell do you think he will honestly say? Like like right. He was he was a, a he 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 was a truthful person. Like that was his that was his whole mo. Like it was it Man, was so not. I, I went to a um I, I went to Stanford University to speak at the King Center. They have like a uh, they have a whole King Memorial Center at Stanford, mm-hmm. and I went to go speak at this panel, and the panel was about the Boondocks. In King's representation in the Boondocks. Holy Stanford. Wow. Holy uh, shit. And I got there and I didn't realize, I don't know why I didn't put it together, but when I got there, man, I felt like it was an ambush. <laughs> oh, was, shit. And there were people there that were really passionate about Dr. King that did not appreciate that shit. You know what I mean? Wow. And one thing that saved me, there was a brother on the panel with me. And I'm mad I don't remember his name. He's still alive, too. He's a brother that was King's lawyer and speechwriter and friend. Mm. Uh, he's still alive, too. I got to get this brother's name. But anyway, he was, um, he was he was on the panel with me. And so the way that the evening started, they they showed the episode. We all sat there, like 300 of us sat there, watched the episode together. And then when the episode goes off, the panel starts. And so it was like, as soon as the episode went off, they just started drilling me, right? So, uh, when you were thinking about desecrating the legacy of Dr. King, oh, my God. I was no. I like, just went off. He just started attacking, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I was sitting there, like, speechless at first. No one listening. I didn't even get into the whole, like, what I could explain to you, how I was even involved with it or any yeah. of that. I, I was just kind of, like, thrown back that they were coming at me like that. You know what I mean? And I was just like, listen, man, I did a theme song for the show. I got writer, the writers for the show, the whole separate department. And that's somebody else you need to talk to. Talk to. I don't know if I'm really the guy that you want to, you know, argue with this thing about. I said, but, you know... I thought the episode was enlightening. It was insightful. It was some, you know, so I said my own thing. Then they end up asking the other people on the panel. Everybody else discussed it. They, like, basically wanted to cuss me out 
And then they get to King guy, or King's homeboy, like his friend. Mm-hmm. And his friend said some real diplomatic shit, and he was real smooth. So he's like one of them 70 year old black men with the earring in his ear, like a Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, he was like, yo, he said, he said, listen, Dr. King might not have liked the way he was portrayed in the show. But he would have fought for your right to do it, mm. right? And so everybody was like, "Okay." All right. and, and I can tell the King Center people were kind of mad because they wanted him to like join in, like, right? Yeah, that's fucked up. You yeah. Know? So he, he wouldn't give him that, but he just kept saying these little diplomatic answers. And then somebody in the audience was like, first of all, I think it's disrespectful because Dr. King would never say the word nigga." And I turned to this brother, I turned to the guy, his friend, and I said, listen, man, you were Dr. King's friend. He said, yes, I was his friend. I said, y'all hung out in your private moments. Y'all rolled around in the car. They may have had laughs together, like, had inside jokes. He said, yeah, of course. I said, have you ever ridden in the car with Dr. King? And he looked out the window, and he said, look at them niggas over there. And he paused for a minute, and he said, I mean, sure, of course, he used the word before. And I was like, see? Yeah, you know, hundred dollars man's house, and Dr. King has used the word before. Like, y'all can all get off of my back now. Like, this is this is ridiculous. At the end of it, man, me and him, we ended up, you know, exchanging information, and um, we didn't really speak again after maybe a couple emails here and there, but mm-hmm. it was just cool that he was so down to earth about it, you know what I mean? And he he just kept it real. He was like, Dr. King definitely would not have liked it. I'm sure he would have probably had a problem with it, he said, but he would have fought for your right to be able to, to make that kind of, make whatever TV show you want to make. Right. And you know he did. I mean? Yeah. That's real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dr. And King, man, Dr. King smoked cigarettes and played a mean game of pool. Come um, on, man. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> First of all, you saw that Atlanta. Like, come on, man. <laughs> hey, that's like, in the story, on, right? Man. there. need to wrap it up right there. That's all you. That's all you need to say. Right. That's all you need to say. Think about the Black Panthers. They came from Oakland. Okay? Yep. They came from a live, a live part of the country. That's the King came from Atlanta. It was no different. Like, nope. the, the church, the church culture, and, and and Black revival culture, and civil rights culture, and all that. Man, that shit was popping when he was when he was oh, in that Big like, time. Hey. So yeah, Dr. King was the. I mean, he was a real one. I don't know why people get it confused. Well, I mean, they get it. They get it confused because as, as Dr. King, we talk about a man that was murdered um, for his for his, for his beliefs and um, right. and his, and his right. vision and his dreams. And you know, when you reach that that level, um, being a martyr. You know, people people can't see the human side of you anymore. You're right. you, you got a, you know yeah, what I'm saying? You got a you got a day named after you. You got you got songs on the radio. Streets. You know, streets in every black neighborhood, no doubt. high schools. You you're not just right. a regular person anymore. So I I right. get it, but at the same time, let's be realistic about this. Like I said, yeah. had he lived to be able to see these things that we're dealing with now and and being a truthful person that he was I can only imagine what he would his what he would have to say about this man 
You know, it, yeah. it's 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 pretty. It's really like you know, and I and I I don't know if I should be mentioning this this name right now, but I saw the the Cobb show episodes are coming back to TV. Bill, you know, yeah. Bill Cosby was on a, a Truth tour some years back, and didn't nobody want to yeah. hear that shit. Right. But all the shit he was talking about was the realest shit ever. Right, right, right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. it's just like but you, you know, know, you know why you know why it's been built back in the end in the ass because he was trying to come at the generation right underneath him, which is us, the the hip hop generation, and 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 coming at us and saying you know all of the criticism he had about us from pull your pants up to stop being ghetto and this, this and that. Mm-hmm. But you know he had too many he had too many skeletons to be talking that shit. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It came back to ghetto, but yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like like what you said. I feel like it's it's like that with hip hop. Like I, I wish you know if there was a time, and now I, I'm over it. But there was a time. Well, I did romanticize hip hop, truly. You know what I mean? And I felt like my heroes would never ride for this shit that's out right now. Right. You know what I mean? But what I had to realize is, shit, my heroes, my heroes ain't gonna say nothing bad against it because they still want to be relevant and viable out here. Right. And they call flat too. They not gonna. They not. They gonna ride the fence. They not gonna be like. You know, this whole thing with Bambada, I thought all my heroes would have stepped up and been like, hell no, we ain't riding with this. Nobody said a word except mm-hmm. the Karras one, and he, he, in my opinion, you know, he didn't say the right thing. Right. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's like, I romanticized himself to where I thought, clearly, my heroes would never, they would draw the line and let it be done, like, we don't ride with that. Right. We in a culture now, man, and it's it's not new. It's always it's been around for a while, but we're we're in this culture with especially with within hip hop where it's like to criticize somebody, you know, the whole hating adage of you you know, you being a hater when you criticize, but it, it's still really real. It's still it's still relevant, like right now, it's still a problem where people can't verbally say, I have a problem with this. Right. Without without catching backlash or whatever, but Bambada, who hurt those dudes were heroes to me. Those dudes are like you talking about the League of, League of Justice, whatever you call that shit. Yeah, like, they they are they are the dudes who are the founders of a whole. They're the architects of a culture that I hold near and dear to my heart. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so for that to happen, and everybody just be kind of like, oh well, you know. And KRS being like, well, he's infallible. You can't say nothing against that. It's like it's like it's the same thing with King. When you say some people you talk bad about King, mm-hmm. some people go eight tip. I remember when the dude Marable put the book out about Malcolm X and said all the wild stuff he said about Malcolm X. Right. People was ready to pump Marable's head. Yeah. You know what I mean? King that's the great somebody that we revere like that. And it's the same thing like with Bam Bada, it's just kinda like this shit is so, it was such an earthquake thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was such a big earthquake to the culture. People who I know proudly were proud Zulu Nation members. Mm-hmm. Proud members, okay? For years, come about decades, more like 20 years plus, had, had to like literally walk away from it. Cold right. turkey. Right. 
Yeah, it happened here in Atlanta, Ash. The the entire chapter dissolved. We we actually uh, interviewed the guy that ran the chapter here, Methuselah, for uh, I don't know a couple of weeks after all that went down, and the whole chapter dissolved. Like it's gone. Yeah, we and we didn't even know it. And it's just like you know my outlook on everything that's you know going on with you know what you was just talking about the state of the music today to even a situation where you had to deal with you know some backlash from that that King episode. It's just people just have a problem you know, more so now than ever, speaking the truth and dealing with the truth. It just, Amen. I don't know what, what it is about the truth that just fucks everybody up, man. But, man, Aunt Esther said that shit best. That shit will set you free, man. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, so, sir. man, you need to get some of that in your life. Ash, was that the extent of your your writing credentials with the Boondocks, that episode? No, no, no. So I wrote for other episodes. Too. Okay. So, okay. Uh, the I the I episode is a uh I got a song that's played throughout there. There's an episode with the, the Cat Williams um slipback episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like when you go back and watch the first season now, in, in different episodes like that, you'll hear songs playing and uh it was really cool. Like Aaron would call me and say, Okay, I'm doing this Ten main slick back episode, and the boys are gonna be following Granddad's girlfriend around and taking pictures of her and just spying on her. Mm-hmm. I want you to make a song about spying on somebody. And so I called Blue Black, and then Blue Black actually made that song. He made a song oh, called um, "I Know She No Good, But She Good to Me," and, the, and it's the song that played while they're spying on her, being blue rhyming and everything. Okay, um, <laughs> and then and then for the. Um, for um, the Itis episode, he called me. He said, "Yo, I just want you to make a song about like, like, like soul food, like potato salad, macaroni and cheese, like, like a cookout kind of situation." And I was like, "All right, cool." I made the song, and you know, with those, it wasn't like he was calling me to like, "Yo, that's kind of good," but I mean, you know, it was no edits. It was like he was just put the order in, and I was cooking them up and sending them back. That's you know dope. what I mean? And it was dope, yeah, it was, a, it was a good, like, mix of how we did it. And then um, it, it went from there, and it went three seasons, um, you know, and then the, the, the whole group of writers and illustrators from there went and did, uh, they ended up doing Black Dynamite. Oh, okay, right. okay. Yeah. And, and Aaron went and did Black Jesus separately mm-hmm. from that, and they kind of just went from there. Right. Okay. Ash, was that, was that um was that some of your first big placements? Um was that some of your first big placements as far as um, you know, getting your music into some other arenas? And if so, uh how's that helped you uh, by today's standards as far as like placing songs in television and movies and, and, and what have you? Yeah, um that was my first that was my first major. I, I had, uh, had opportunities for other ones, but because there were other hands in the pot, you know, it didn't. It didn't get. They didn't follow through on. There was at one time I thought I was. There was like a sprite thing. I remember at one time for, uh-huh. for X amount. I mean, I was all excited, and then it just fell through. And I didn't really get an explanation as to why. Mm. But I just remember being like. I need to control my shit. Like whoever whoever controlled that chopped the ball. If they called me, we would have done it. 
Right. You know right. what I mean? Like that's right. how I was thinking ever since. So um yeah, the boondocks was the make like the first one and then um some other stuff like uh Need for Speed, uh video game and then some other games. Because I started doing work with another group called uh, Fortnite Five, <clears throat> which is more like a dance, electronic kind of, uh, just not disco, but like electric, like EDM kind gotcha. of vibe. They do, and they um, and I, they're from DC, and we just collaborated. I did a song with them, and that song like took off. We ended up touring and doing some stuff all the way like hitting all the ski parts like Jackson Hole, Aspen, you know, like hitting all of those ski cities and doing some cool tours. But that song um, ended up going on a lot of video games as well. And that's because they were plugged in on that, you know. So some of it from being um, just working with artists that have the means to help push that kind of thing. But I, once I got in place, my first one, man, I just kind of got the bug. I've always, you know, I always look to do that. Um, I, I would love to get placed in a movie or something. And, okay. You know, be making music like that because, uh, like I said, I think there's it's, it's a big world out here, man. And no I doubt. think there's other ways to present your your work and your ideas and uh, you can still do it and get a bag. You know what I mean? And, right. And keep, keep doing what you got to do. I, I mean, I want my bag to be bigger. It's not like, not like I can just quit everything and just do it, you know, but I, w- I would love for it to be there at one point, you know, where I could maintain and, and, and I remember one time I was watching an interview with CeeLo Green and he said how he did a song with Lauryn Hill on Santana's album. Remember that song he did? Yeah. forget the name. But that song, he said, because that album sold so much, he said he gets a hundred thousand dollar check quarterly. Wow! Just for that, just for that one song. <laughs> it's so, yeah, lit. I'm, 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 I just want one bag like that. Man, <laughs> That's like, all it takes. <laughs> just one. Then, you know, <laughs> then I just go back to doing what I'm doing on my own time. Hell like yeah! Hell so, yeah! Well, that goes back to the point of just you know, you know, you never know where something's going to take you, right? As far as you know, know. the music goes, right? So just just create and don't overthink it, and just yeah, you know make good music, create, right? No doubt. Just create, and, and, and you know, in the, in the words of Sugar Free, you know, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You got to get you know ready. Know <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You got to create, and stay ready. That's Facts. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ash, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Blue Back Blue. Excuse me, blue black yeah. earlier. What, what's up with yeah. uh, what's up with unspoken herd, man? Any, any chance of uh, some new music from you guys, or is that that thing uh, kind of you know has the sun set on that yeah. one? Or what, what's up with with that? I know you get, the, I'm sure you get this question a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, we live near each other. I don't think it would be hard to do. It's just <clears throat> just a timing thing, you know, and uh, thinking up and and being ready to get in there and knock it out. You know what I mean? I do, like, a lot of times I, when I record, uh, I'll, I'll have stuff I'm working on. You know, um, I'll share it with him and just give his feedback, see what he thinks, you know what I mean? Because Blue is like a sensei with his shit, with the way he does his rhymes and even how he records and everything. So I value his opinion, you know what I mean? And he's like, yo, that shit's hot. And I'm like, word, that's, 
you got meeks well anything any burn any other burning questions you got before we uh yeah now now you talked about up? you talked about being a worldwide traveler and your passport got got stamps from everywhere and it you said bangladesh yeah, yeah. yeah bangladesh huh? fucking bangladesh damn my question for you is when the last time you've been to vermont Right. Hey Ash, so so uh Meeks and I talk about this story a lot because it was just so damn funny. But do you happen to remember the moment that we all walked into that hotel in the middle of Middlebury, Vermont, and you could hear a goddamn pin drop? What happened? I don't remember that. Well, yeah, it was, it was similar. It was similar to your experience at the Trump. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you didn't nobody get so cussed bad. out or nothing like that. But boy, mm, that was because it was it was the what was the 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 first hotel ever in Middlebury or some like president stayed in this spot. Some real historic important Ooh. shit and. Ooh, uh, 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 the college? Yeah, it was the college. It was the radio station. <laughs> Cast from the radio station. Yeah, right. Who booked that hotel? Right? That was probably, Aunt, what was the guy's name? Andy, yeah. And that was like Andy's Andy. like great-grandmother's hotel that they've owned for like 300 <laughs> years or some shit. Good God, man! Man, that the only the only thing crazy than that was when we, when we mobbed up in the student center. And I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember that was wild because I had, uh, I had the full ski mask on, and they was like, "Yo, you going in there like that?" I was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Shit, it's brick out here, man. I can't have my face <laughs> out here like this." And we walked up in there, yeah. but we had a good time, man. Like I said, we talked to, uh, we talked to Juan Below about it when we interviewed him a couple of months back, and uh, definitely oh, yeah, when we. You know, one below did the uh, State Department program. He did the next level uh, program, the same program I did. So, what, what country did he go to? Uh, he's um he's in he's Egypt. In Egypt, yeah, yeah, Egypt, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, that that was a dope program, man, because it sent it just seems they sent us out to just be who we are and just work with youth in these different countries. Okay. And we stayed there for like three, four weeks. You lived there. You lived there for like three weeks. Right. Four weeks. And so I went to, I was I was part of the first group, the first group that went out like three, four years ago. And I went with like Tony back and then Diamond D was in our group. Huh. Um, Master Fable was in our group. Oh, we shit. had some dope people in our group, man. But we all spread out like some went to Senegal, some went to Zimbabwe, some went to India. We went to Bangladesh. Um, and it was, man, it was, that whole experience was incredible, man. I wasn't aware that, that yeah. Lowe did that. Did yeah, I wasn't either. Ash, what's the deal with that? Can you can you explain a little I bit more? I just thought Lowe broke out and, yeah, I did and moved to Egypt. Yeah, I just said, yeah, I just thought, I just thought Lowe said, fuck it, I'm out of this motherfucker, I'm going to Egypt. Wait, your phone, your phone, uh, something's up at your phone. Uh, 
Can you hear us okay now? Uh, kind of. Uh, uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. we can hear you. Okay. Okay, cool. So, so, so now the, the next level program is uh, something that the U.S. State Department and the University of North Carolina Music Department they've done it's their fourth year now where they do uh, diplomacy through hip hop. It's a hip hop diplomacy program. So people apply for it from all over the country, and they 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 uh, recruit a group, a cohort of people every year, like maybe 20, 25 people. They break them up into five teams, and then they send them out. And each team has a DJ, a producer, a b-boy, b-girl, and an MC. And so they go and they work in smaller groups um, with groups of people that are out there, like. These are like maybe 16 to 25 or something like that. They're not really all young. It's young adults who just want to do it, you know. And uh, we bring them together, man. And then at the end, we do a big performance. We actually do performances throughout the whole month with them. Some of them are just us performing. Um, but it's a whole diplomacy program. And it's really dope because you don't got to go out there to, like, promote USA or be or some super American nothing. You going out there as a representative of hip hop. Nice. You know what I mean? Just sharing what you do, what you love, other people that want to do it and that are doing it. It's just want to get some authentic like guidance from somebody that's actually from here because you know, that's a big hmm. premium overseas as y'all know. Right. Yeah. So, right. so it's really it's so man but to be able to do that was uh, amazing man. What's up? Well, yeah, yeah I, I I brought the Vermont thing up, man, because that was uh that was definitely a good time for us and and uh, just to be able to be out there with y'all. Um, yeah, we had we had a ball, man, and it's 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 definitely one of the most memorable hip hop moments for me. Yeah, it was a good by time. far. Yeah, so I never I never forget that shit. <laughs> never. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. I love, I love how it all turns around. You know what I mean? Yep. For sure, man. All right. Mix, what, you, got, you got it? Is that nah, it? that's it, man. I mean, we got yeah. a lot. We didn't get into any history. I wanted to get into some real nerd shit. <laughs> Ash, 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 I got serviced uh, with, with all your records when I was doing college radio in the mid to late 90s. So um, yep. I, I really kind of wanted to dig into some history, but We've uh, we've kept you long enough, and we still have a mix show to record tonight. So no doubt, maybe part sure. two, maybe part two someday when uh maybe when the philosopher's uh uh the philosopher's stone is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. comes out or something. Know. Well, no, you never know. Yeah, we make well, that happen for and, sure. And I'll teach y'all. I'll teach y'all a link when when we drop the new shit and all that. Okay, absolutely, cool, absolutely. We'll so be Ash, looking out for it. Yeah, tell everybody where they can go. Ash, Instagram, Facebook, where they can go buy some records, some music. We can wrap yeah, it up uh, like that. I still got stuff on the Bandcamp. You go to ashroom.bandcamp.com uh, or you can go to uh, the website, we, the willing, 
dot org. That's everything from the educational stuff I'm doing, the health curriculum books, the music, everything is there. Um at Asheru on Twitter and King Asheru underscore G A at on uh, Instagram and G A is for Gorilla Arts. You gotta check out the Gorilla Arts stuff and that's the next time that we talk. You know, I definitely want to share with y'all the stuff we're doing with Gorilla Arts and all of that too. So um yeah, but Check us out on all those platforms, and uh, I stay in touch, man, like I said, and keep you posted as we move forward. No doubt. Most definitely. We all got right. you. Ash, we thank right. you. We really appreciate uh, all your time with us tonight. Really, really, really great to talk to you, man. For sure. All right, man. Take care. All right, you too. All right, be good. All right, Mr. Meeks. Yeah. Great interview, man. Oh, uh, man. I you learned know a lot. Do it. You know how we I do it, I learned a man. lot. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, you so, know how we do it, man. Absolutely. Twice a week. Twice a week, Smithsonian grade. Yep. Southern Vanguard Radio, DJ John Doe. Nothing but the fly shit. Cappuccino Meeks. We out. We out.